Alright, this is the Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman Z. And this is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we have a wonderful guest, Alicia Von Kobergen, who plays Mary Todd Lincoln in A Civil War Christmas, a fantastic opera singer and actress, and... Um, is there anything else that you do, Alicia? Everything. <laughs> but, um, but I like to tell people that my job is I'm Lord High Everything Else. Right on. Oh. So, but I, I am also a travel agent. That's part of that's uh, my day job. Yeah. They still have those. They do. Yeah. I, I, particularly because I specialize in family mm-hmm. travel and um, Disney. Oh, that's right. Packages. That's yeah, what packages, yeah. tr- mm. cruises, all inclusives. It started out as Disney. Because I'm a Disney fanatic. Oh, okay. The secrets come out. The secrets yeah, come out. I am a d- it's not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's met me for more than five minutes will find out that I'm a Disney fanatic. So, Norman, if your family wants to, you know, go to Disney World, Disneyland, or whatever. They live down there. <laughs> there you go. Well, if they want to go on a cruise, let me know. Did they if they want to go somewhere else. There's family in Texas. I think they finally came out and did it. Good for them. Yeah. 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 No, it, it was one of those things that my husband finally looked at me and he said, Th- there's got to be a way for you to use these powers for good and not for evil. Mm. <laughs> so. Well, I doubt if you have any evil powers at all, yeah. <laughs> so this is a Tuesday, and we're doing this on Tuesday because um, there's really, you know, we, I've got, we've got a show Thursday, Friday, and a double-double Saturday. So and an event tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And an event tomorrow, that's right. And, and a on Sunday. Yeah. Thursday and Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm off yeah. Sunday. Did, did you do your thing? You did you have a um you, uh, you had a show on Monday, right? Was um, it Monday? No, not Monday. No. Was yesterday. Because I knew you were directing something at the um at the piano fight. Oh no, I'm in something at the piano oh, fight. Okay. I'm performing. No, that's that's my Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll, oh, we'll talk okay. about that more later. Got it. Got it. Stories from silence. But I, I know you're directing something. Um, oh, I'm. I haven't heard yet about playground. I, they just announced the okay. next playground, which is. Next week, I'm thinking. Wait mm-hmm. a minute, no. Today's yesterday was the fourth. Right. Two weeks. It's two weeks from now. Okay. <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> it's too much to think about. Because usually the holidays are yeah. coming. That's, yeah. that's what's going on. Oh, usually ask how your week is, but really, you know, we did the Saturday, did and then Sunday, Monday. Now it's Tuesday. So well, I will Tuesdays. say yes. today is a special day. Cool. It's the fifth, right? It's the fifth yes. of December. Yes. And that is Saint Nicholas Eve. Because tomorrow is St. Nicholas Day, because oh. there actually was a St. Nicholas, and uh, and he gets a day, mm-hmm. and that's sort of part of what all this Christmas stuff, that's how Christmas started to take on the but character. Say, is that how he became That's how he became St. Nick. Saint Nick. Yeah, that's how he became St. Nick. That's how Christmas, the mm-hmm. event that we call Christmas, came into being, because yeah. it used to be a <coughs> minor religious holiday, mm-hmm. you know, 200 years ago, and... In the 1850s, it suddenly went nuts. 1830s to 1850s, it just yeah. I, have, I vaguely remember ra- reading about that. Like uh, there was the a German custom, yeah, and the, and the Germans and well, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Dutch, and mm-hmm. and okay. so that's why today. <gasps> oh, did they leave the shoes out? Yes, I have read about that. <laughs> yes, and um, and because the so for people who don't know the myth, uh, myth, the history. The religious history that has very little documentation, but okay. There was a, they found him actually. They found him last year. They found oh, his body, Saint Nick's body, um, or his crypt. They thought this mm. is his. He was a Turkish bishop, <laughs> and he sailed up to, you know, not Denmark, um, Sweden, Holland, um, Norway, 
it's Norway. I think it was Norway. Okay. Um, sailed up there, <clears throat> and he had helpers, little black helpers, Swarta Pete, they're okay. called. <laughs> and so this is where, if you live in Holland or in that area, Norway, um, they all celebrate this guy who brings you presents. And this is the time when this is happening. They also dress up as him mm-hmm. with blackface, full-on black makeup, <laughs> and a big Afro wig. Uh-huh. And this has been a huge controversy, and they are so upset. They're like, this isn't like America at all. And it's like, wait a minute. Those were slaves. Those were slaves that came with the bishop. He might have been nicer to them than other people, but that's what that was. And you mm-hmm. saw little black people because they were slaves being brought up. But okay, fine. Yes, you love him. <laughs> and they do. The way we feel about Santa Claus, mm-hmm. they, they feel, feel about Schwarte Pete. Schwarte Pete. Ah. So today is the day. Today is his day. Got it. Alrighty then. And, yeah, um, very nice. And I, this normally, in recent years, I've been paying attention to this. I've actually been a big sort of advocate for getting the word out because I'm like, this is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other countries do crazy things too. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Um, and this year I started sort of forgot about it and then Facebook reminded me <laughs> brought it all back up as, yeah. it, as it is wont to do mm-hmm. yeah so I was like oh yeah yeah I'm not I'm not quite ready to let go of that one yet mm-hmm. I think I remember reading about it and, and kind of looking at it and going I think I'm not going to weigh in on this one <laughs> even <laughs> last year yeah. it was in the local news because at the embassy here mm-hmm. they wanted to have a party and they wanted oh to have no. Schwarta Pete's, and somebody had to come and say, yeah, no, 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 no you, you can't yeah. do that here. No. <laughs> it's interesting how people come to America, let's say from another country, mm-hmm. and they don't realize how diverse and how sensitive you know, we are about right. our diversity. Because if we think about it, the United States is probably the most diverse country it's, on Earth. It, if it isn't, it's yeah. in the top. Pretty darn yeah. close. Yeah. yeah. So other countries, you know, they don't have a problem with, you know, in other words, if this happened in Norway or whatever it is, right. no big deal because who's mm. going to protest? Nobody well, it's, it is a big protest these days. Yeah. Um, and the traditionalists who are strong and fervent are going, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And the other people are going, no, 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 we need to we need to become more globally aware. Right, right, yeah. right. Exactly. And, and the actual history of it is because that's the other thing is they're like, and this is what you're saying. It's like if we suddenly said Santa Claus was actually Osama bin Laden. Right. Everybody who's grown up getting gifts from Santa Claus would be saying, no, no, I don't care. No. Right. <laughs> right. My Santa Claus was actually Turkish. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it reminds me of, like, you know, the Confederate um, statue. Statue. Right. That was a this is our history. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah but, but you didn't put those up until right. post-reconstruction. Right. And right. The reason that you put those up and you, was... And you redid the history. Yeah. Right. Let's right. actually look at the history of these people that you want to celebrate and see if you're sure that's exactly. who you want to celebrate. I mean, it's like, like Germany. I mean, they would never have, you right. know, um, like... Himmler or, you know, Goering no. right. as statues. Right. They so are. If they're, they're woke, why can't we be? They, and what, they, what they do do, yeah. though, is they actually commemorate the people who were lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you walk down, and I haven't been to Germany yet, I just mostly because I haven't been able to, like, mm-hmm. psychologically yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are in particular, there are streets that you walk down, and there are plaques in mm. the street wow. that tell you whose home it oh, was right, right. 
and how many people were lost. Wow. And it lists their names. Yeah. And families have found other family members. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they've found these plaques and they've gone, wait a minute. You know, Great Uncle Shmuel's name isn't on here. Right. And then they've discovered that Great Uncle Shmuel actually ended up in Argentina somehow. Uh-huh. And they found him. I mean, it's mm-hmm. incredible. Wow. That is amazing. It, yeah. it really, there aren't a whole lot of survivors left, but the ones that there are, yeah. you know, it's pretty incredible when they get I really found uh, by other families. Yeah, I really applaud Germany for, you know, making such a concentrated effort, whether it be video games. You know, they won't allow video games to have the swastika. They Uh really want to make a concentrated effort to commemorate those who are lost. Well, they they want to honor that, but they they want to be able to move on, and they know you can't move on without acknowledging... Fully acknowledging yes. what and, happened. And it just, it, it's, it's incredible that the Deep South, they don't have that same Not yet. muscle or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> well, we might get them there. We'll oh. see. We'll see. So I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I do, I do wonder psychologically, what is it that allows people to hold on to these things? Um, fear. Well, and I think, think so, yeah. I think a lot of it is fear. But I think this movement, this pushback is new. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, up until now, you've had to just suck it up and go, oh, okay, yeah, that general. But now all that information is really in people's face. Yeah. So right. you can't just ignore it and say, no, he was a good guy. He saved our city. How did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and, it, you know, it's interesting because my, my family doesn't go back far enough in the United States mm-hmm. to, to have a history. Mm-hmm. I mean, we came... We, c- we know who came over. My grandfather mm-hmm. was one of the first ones to come to the United States. He came in like 1913 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think my mother's family, there's one more generation we go back here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, it, my husband is huge into genealogy. Ah. And so he started trying to trace my family. Mm-hmm. And once you go overseas mm-hmm. to the Ukraine and Poland and where have you, Mm -hmm. you hit a brick wall. Mm -hmm. At at a certain point, you just can't find our information. Right. Because they don't keep the paperwork? Because we're Jews. Oh, I see. It's gone. Yeah. The towns are gone. Right. The villages are gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The paperwork was all, the synagogues were burned. Wow. All the, so, you know, I was actually discussing it with Janae a little bit. Yeah. uh, From our show. And, and, and we both stopped and went, you know, it's this, it's a very it's very similar to an African American yeah. experience where you go back a certain point and you hit this <coughs> that's right right brick wall. No, right. Yeah. And I think the two of us looked at each other and went, "Oh, I never it had never occur- yeah. it occurred to us that it was the same that it was a similar experience." Yeah. Right. There, there are incredible parallels between the Jewish history and, and African American. I mean, just the persecution. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I, I think Jews get the the, uh, the the award if such a thing is on that one. No, absolutely. Unfortunately, and unfortunately, it continues to this day. And well, that's yeah, and yeah. that's and that's the thing. I'm not I'm not talking Holocaust. I'm talking for for Christians. Take a look at your Bible. Who are the people who get getting chased all over the place? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We get kicked out of everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. But then again, you know, then there's Groucho Marx who says that I wouldn't ever want to be a member of a club that would have me. Right. So. <laughs> He must right. have grown up in America. Yeah. He, yes, he did. Now, Norma, does, Ma, do, does Mara also look, you know, through the genealogy, or does she try to trace her roots? Well, the same I, way? I don't know where if, they if go. You don't back. know Alicia Mara is uh, Jewish. When, yeah, okay. my wife is yeah. Jewish. Okay. Yeah. So for the last couple of seasons, I've been saying, well, actually, 
I'm Jewish now. And it's funny because she We'll is, take you in. She's she's <laughs> cultural, not no, not religious. Mm-hmm. And she really makes that distinction. And so when I try to talk to people about it, it's a little confusing because it's not like I'm saying, oh, no, it's dishonoring her religion. No, that's not what she cares about. She wasn't raised with a huge focus on Mm -hmm. Christmas and Christianity because that's not the culture that she's from. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who was fairly lapsed, (laughs) uh, ex-Catholic, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been trying to avoid Christmas for a long (laughs) time. And then I made my peace with I'll do the parts that I like. And then I got married to her, and fortunately, before I ever met her, I had a friend. And one year I said, hey, what are you going to do for Christmas? And he said, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to eat a little breakfast. I'm going to sit home and, you know, maybe watch some movies. Mm -hmm. And I said, but don't you, like, get together with family or do anything? (laughs) He said, well, no, I'm Jewish. And I had to stop. I really, like, had to reprogram my brain and go, oh, Oh, I see. Wait a minute. So if that's not your culture, then that's not your culture. That's yeah. why everybody goes to Chinese restaurants. Chinese restaurants and, and yeah. movies, yeah. Because My these are people who are like, yeah, those people celebrate that. We know they celebrate that, and we're okay with that, and that's where we're at. My mother's birthday is Christmas Day. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice Jewish girl. Birthday is Christmas Day. She said it took years before she figured out that they didn't get off of school for her birthday. Mm. And, and it was finally one of her little Catholic friends who, who explained to her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then I was, raised, I, w- I was raised in Wichita, Kansas. No. And yes, there are Jews in Kansas. Not, I, as I many as, not as many as there used to be because my family left. <laughs> <laughs> my, mother got, my mother said she got tired of waiting for the letter that said, will the last liberal Jew in Kansas please turn out the lights? <laughs> so they moved to Florida. Um, but, yeah, so it was fascinating to me growing up in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I was wholly other. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were we were both religiously and culturally Jewish. Uh, and I've mm-hmm. kind of never made any attempt to hide it. And right. I don't look it necessarily. You know, people. If you're not looking first, for yes, it. Yes, you're yeah. not looking for it and people's first assumptions and yada, 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 yada. But um, I do remember the, the one year I, I – told my Girl Scout leader that I'd never trimmed a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, come to our house. Come, <laughs> come help us trim our Christmas tree. Mm. Well, you, you know, it was, yeah, it was a do you want to. Right? Yeah. And so my my mom and my sister and I, daddy, was, I'm sure, doing surgery at the time and so couldn't go. Mm. And so the rest of us went and we helped trim the Christmas tree and we had cider and we had cookies and mm-hmm. it was lovely. And, mm-hmm. and we left and I looked at my mom and I said, that was very nice. And mom, mommy said, well, you know, we don't do that. And I said, well, that's okay. I've done it now. I don't need to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. I was done. Right. I needed to do it. And then it was done. Right. So there was no pressure like, hey, you've got to do this. Everyone, we all do this. Well, there was pressure from the outside. But my, right. my family was, my mother mm-hmm. particularly shielded us yeah. very strongly. Yeah. Right. That's what I meant, outside pressure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had one girl in high school who walked up to me and, and informed me that, she was praying for me mm. um, because mm. I needed to to come to find um, Jesus Christ as my Lord oh. and Savior. Mm-hmm. And I smiled and I said, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I said, I will pray for you too because we all need all the prayers we can get. Mm-hmm. And you're I don't very, think she liked that. You're <laughs> very diplomatic as a young girl. Um, <laughs> you didn't want to point out that 
technically he's sort of part of the family. I, well, right. you know, I did that once. I actually did I that. I can't imagine But really, well. do you want to have that debate? I did it to a nun. Yeah. Uh-huh. I did it to a nun. Oh. I was in a production of, of um, Best Christmas Pageant Ever, mm-hmm. and I played Imogene Herdman, who at the end of the play, she's the bad kid, and at mm-hmm. the end of the play, she is playing the Virgin Mary in the – Oh. Nativity mm-hmm. in the Christmas play at the church. She and her brothers storm the the play and take it over, and mm-hmm. she becomes the Virgin Mary. And at one point, she waves the, ba- the baby around and she says, "I got the baby here. <laughs> Don't touch him. I named him Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite line from the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, at the end of the play, she, somebody explains to her what this is all about, and she right. kind of takes on this persona and. And she actually does a beautiful job. And everybody's like, oh, it was the best Christmas pageant ever. And so these nuns came to see the production. And they were like, oh. And it was so beautiful. And and you really embodied the the Holy Mother. And and I said, well, you know, she was a nice Jewish girl too. (laughs) (laughs) And they kind of looked at me. And they just kind of smiled. I think I was like. 15. Oh, wow. no. And oh they, no. And they turned around and just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not a conversation they wouldn't get into. I feel bad. I don't mean to bash Christmas mm-hmm. and Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's just that, and for this, you know, you normally do ask me how my week is going. What I will say is how my season is going. I am so amazed. Normally, I am a defensive. I'm just, and I'm angry <coughs> the first time I hear a commercial and. Every time I see stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean, Chris really does get pushed down everyone's throat. This yeah. year I didn't Especially feel like the it was. Yeah. This year I felt like it was kind of nice. And I felt like when it was really too early or inappropriate or whatever, mm-hmm. other people were commenting on it. And I'm like, yay. Yeah. I'm, I'm now on the other side of it. And I want to make sure that when somebody says Merry Christmas, I go, Merry Christmas to you too. Because yeah. that's your celebration. So, so I'm going to honor your celebration. Yeah. You know, I, I know how to meet you with your greeting. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's it's always challenging for me, and I try super hard not to be Scrooge. Mm-hmm. I, right. I don't succeed. Mm-hmm. I do get very Scroogey. <laughs> um, and this this yeah, show is as bad as Christmas as I can get this year. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is as far as I can go. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. You and I are both in the Civil War Christmas, and you do a fantastic job as Mary Todd. Well, you know, this is Paula Vogel, right? Yes. Yes. So when I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" So we got this serious contemporary playwright mm-hmm. who decided she was going to play a little bit with the holiday spirit. Exactly, and what she does with the script, and you know, all it's of the inter- inner stories. Is really just fantastic. I mean, we're not just saying because we're in the show, but you know, she doesn't shy away from the serious issues, mm-hmm. right? Like slavery, mm-hmm. like bringing in Jewish characters, like Moses right. Levy, mm-hmm. right? Who who dies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's the only character who dies. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we sing the wonderful song Yit Kadal, uh, mm-hmm. which right. I think I still need work with the lyrics. No, you're doing all right. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know she is. And um, but you know, they're all and we even squeeze in little. It doesn't say Kwanzaa, but you know, there's even an African dance. No, they, she does. She re- references it at the beginning. Oh, okay. She actually says it, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or New oh, Year's. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So there's a lot of. Inclusivity. Um, there's there's a lot of um, she, she makes it. It's, it's a tapestry. Uh-huh. It's a tapestry of different stories, different right. cultures, all you know being told. And you know we even get a glimpse of where Christmas is because you know my I have a character um, Wormley who says, 
oh, Christmas tree, isn't that a Bavarian custom? Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, we and I talk about that. So people are getting an education when they watch a Civil War Christmas. Then it's not just right. a Charlie Brown Christmas. And or, you songs. Know. What's wrong with Charlie Brown Christmas? <laughs> no. But, you know, it's not the traditional thing. It's one of the go- gorgeous things about being here in the Bay Area. Right. You know, at the Scottish Rites Temple, right. there's the Rebels every mm-hmm. year. And they very pointedly make sure that they bring in all cultures. They're not going to back away from Christmas. But they're saying, wow, let's talk about these mm-hmm. other things that are part of the season. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, and honor as many cultures as we can. And, and I like and that. And they change it up every year. I love – because I understand – Especially if you've got a theater community who mm-hmm. wants to come out for the seasonal stuff. Right. Something that you could actually bring your non-theater-going family to and say, come on. Yeah. You know, it's not Nutcracker. Yeah. But it'll be just as satisfying. And that, that you can say, you know, that I can say to my friends from my temple, mm-hmm. you know, come and see this. It actually references our history, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're, we are part of this show. Right. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. The inclusivity is really, really important, and I know exactly how you guys feel as far as, like, Christmas, and every time I watch a commercial, it's like, it's a Christmas commercial, all the families there have wonderful houses, and <laughs> oh, I gave you a Lexus, you know, and... Right. Oh, that what does that? What does that? <laughs> really? Oh, he went to Jared. It was only a $3,000 range. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it in Oakland. <laughs> we came up with bail for you. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and and it's it's There's more to Oakland. Right. That, that's that, that's in Oakland too. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. I just I always feel awful because like that feels like everybody's first reaction when you tell them that you live in Oakland. It is. And I'm like, but Oakland is beautiful and there's so much to it. There's so much more oh, the, to it. It's yeah. gorgeous. I am taking Tai Chi now up at, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of the Mountain View? The, yeah. uh, the old cemetery. Yeah. Beautiful old cemetery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is, we have robber barons. With I their know, I love it. There. The history of that place is incredible. And it's gorgeous. Right. It's so gorgeous that Piedmont is fighting with them about, they're about to do some re, you know, they're going to do, they're going to open up some more space and they're going to do some, they're going to, they wanted to plant redwoods. Mm. Piedmont said no, because that will block their view oh, of mm. the bay. Mm. I'm like, um, dude, you have to stand on It won't something. block your view. Okay. Maybe your grandkids' view might block. And not only block. that, but for that view, you have to be standing on somebody's roof. Well, they're, right. they're, up, that's the thing. they're up the hill. So what they're I saying know. really is everybody below us, don't mm-hmm. do anything to mess with our view. Yeah, like, whatever. Hmm. <laughs> but like, I love problems. these little these little places in Oakland that yeah. you hit and I'm like mm-hmm. I used to when I first moved here I wanted to tell everybody about it and I'm like another place that I'm not going to tell anybody about yes. Yes. It's don't scary. Want, don't come here don't come here stay away <laughs> we're fine we don't need you and we right. have these amazing restaurants you don't want to come though Dangerous. no 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 it's awful <laughs> don't come to the restaurants um, yep <clears throat> Except that I want the restaurants to stay open, so I guess I kind of can't say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't want the lines. I lived in San Francisco. Yes. As soon as a place becomes yeah. popular, and there are places in Oakland like that yeah. now, where on a weeknight it's mm-hmm. 20 you minutes, can't get on in. the weekend it's 40 minutes. Yeah. Like 40 minutes, we can get someplace else, get seated, have a nice meal in and front of us done. in 40 minutes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's the, it's the sign of I mean, you know, people are being pushed out of San Francisco. They come here. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's uh, part of the uh, the the change. Well, did you see there was there was something in the um, the Oakland trip? I mm. think, is it still the trip? I don't it's know. It's the trip the online. East, yeah, well, yeah, the paper. And whatever. It's the it was. East Bay Times. The East Bay Times. Yeah. We got yeah. the actual physical paper. And oh, nice. Yeah, we're old school. 
<laughs> we read the funny pages. Mm. <laughs> and I try not to clench my jaw and my knuckles and all of my other orifices when I look <laughs> at the front page. Um, <laughs> but they were talking about um, the top ten places in the country where housing prices have moved mm-hmm. the fastest. Right. And of the top ten, I want to say seven of them were were either Bay Area or California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the other three mm-hmm. were in Florida. Ah, right. Including right around where my parents are. And I wanted mm-hmm. to call my mom and go, well, looks like your house is worth more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <coughs> yeah that, that's not surprising. Because, yeah. you know, that's good old gentrification. It's We've been talking crazy. about it all. all, right. all well, it's yeah. the reality right now. Yeah. And I do. I keep saying I want other words for it because it's in some ways it's just the evolution of a community. And that's, right. mm-hmm. that's normal and that's natural. How does it happen and who... Who benefits and who loses, that's where the challenge is. And I love, oh, the other thing that's happening in Oakland right now is a strike. The city workers are on strike. strike. Oh, I I think it's, uh, yeah, I read about that, local SAEU. I think think that's my union. Oh, is it? Yeah. They they said like 3,000 workers are on strike right Mm -hmm. now. And... And I love this. The mayor says, well, and we've, they've agreed. We've agreed to sit down with a mediator, but that's not going to happen tomorrow. Or the next day, it doesn't sound like. And I'm like, wait a minute. All these people are striking right now. That means there is almost no city services right now. I think that's almost <clears throat> more important than anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my that y'all decide that this is an emergency and get off your butts and go deal with this. Mm-hmm. You've been blowing these people off. Her last uh, State of the City speech, they went out. They stood out. They picketed. Mm. And she tried to blow that. She keeps trying to blow it off. And I'm like, lady, I'm so voting for somebody else next year. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm my my son's elementary school um, actually sent a message home to the parents mm-hmm. saying that the after school programs are not going to be right. running because of the strike. And so oh, you, you really need to. And, and, and the school has minimum days all this week. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because they're doing parent teacher conferences. Oh, and yeah, so, that makes sense. So, but, that but, but what do you do if you're a working parent? Right. And all of a sudden, not only is the school not not going full-time, but all but of a sudden your yeah. kid's program isn't going. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. I, I purposefully, you know, we made decisions and sacrifices so that I could stay home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I now I work from home. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can go and pick up my son. You know, mm-hmm. from his little mm-hmm. bus stop, and mm-hmm. and I can take care of him in the afternoon. But if I were, you know, if I had a full time job, I, I would be tearing my hair out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I think we're just going to see more of this sort of thing, especially with the tax mm-hmm. cuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. kind of say reform. Like it's I'm not, not reform. It's not reform. No. It's not reform. The tax cuts, because as programs start to get cut, people mm-hmm. are going to have to respond, and we're going to have to. The, the biggest concept that I just ran into was, um, and it was somebody who apparently is a conservative, but he said he talked to the Dalai Lama because he realized what he thought the problem with American politics right now is contempt. And then he talked about the definition of the word, and that is that you feel like the other person is worthless. The person mm-hmm. that you're talking to is beneath you and has nothing to say. And if you go into a conversation that way, you aren't going to listen to that person, right. 
And why would they listen to you when you're acting that way? And he said, what's the correct response? And the Dalai Lama apparently said, warm-heartedness. And it sounds so flip and casual to say, but if we're going to see people striking, you can't be mad at the strikers when they're not being treated right because the system's not taking care of them Mm -hmm. and expect them to just suck it up and go do their job. No, they're being treated wrong, and the system needs to adjust. Right, and exactly. we're going to be made with, you know, uncomfortable. Right, we're talking about these high prices, and you know, mm-hmm. folks have to work mm-hmm. and afford mm-hmm. to either pay rent or to pay the mortgage and, and all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. And you can't do it if if things are, you know, there has to be a balance. Well, so. if we if we get some of that non disclosure money back, <laughs> that, that would work. What's the there's the line in the show mm-hmm. that Morgan has yeah. during the Christmas party, where she says. The, the the gentleman in Washington ha- could agree on only one thing, that they had never seen Washington more oh, yeah. partisan yeah. or conspiratorial right. than it was that Christmas Eve. And I'm thinking, ooh, I'm happy here. Well, I mean, there's so many parallels with Congress. I mean, you know, like the whole states' rights thing, which, of course, yeah. began in 1840 or what right. have you. I think during the Andrew Jackson administration, it was South oh. Carolina who was like, oh, well, you know, we don't want to pay taxes because mm-hmm. uh, he was going to send the army to right. have them pay taxes. And then, of course, states' rights meant we want, we want the right to have slaves. Right. right. Now, of course, that's still it's still going on. I mean, the right. Supreme Court right now, getting into current events, they're now listening to the debate about um, – whether uh, for religious freedom's sake, you know, uh, oh, a, right. the stores the, the cannot, you the know, cake maker. cannot yes. serve cake to, you know, gay and lesbians and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, why are we still talking about states' rights? I mean, just ha- <laughs> just have laws which benefit everyone, well, and the, whether it be state laws or federal laws. But that's why and, – and that's why this – this lawsuit was allowed to happen mm-hmm. where it did because it's one of, I think, 20 states mm-hmm. that specifically has a law that says you cannot discriminate right. mm-hmm. based on sexual orientation. And, I mean, there's a, a list. Right. But it includes sexual orientation. So stop and think about it. That means that there are how many states that don't include that language? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So we, in effect, have... A split nation. A split yeah. nation mm-hmm. again. Yeah. yeah. And, and and we don't have equal laws for for the for the same people. No, and we don't have equal protection under the law. And no, we don't have yeah. legislature legislators uh, trying exactly. to resolve, to resolve it. Exactly. No. They are making it worse. This also deals with Black Lives Matter. I mean, yes. you know, as a black man, I feel safe in California, but I may not feel safe in Alabama. You know, I don't feel yeah. safe in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. You know Honestly, I, mean? I don't. Yeah. yeah. Because if somebody finds out I'm Jewish, yeah. Yeah. you know, who knows what yeah. happens. So it's amazing how in 2017 we still have these issues which are still going Be- on. Because they were pushed. Mm-hmm. They were pushed over and they people were, were bought off and they allowed it to be kicked down the road. Yep. Mm-hmm. And here we are yeah. looking at it again. Here's a question for you, Alicia. Um, mm-hmm. So um, you've talked about, I don't know, if, I guess racism or, or, or prejudice, anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Sure. But there, have you dealt more with anti-Semitism or more with um, being a woman? Uh, issues with being Holy a woman. Holy cow. Sexism. Sexism, That's there you word. go. Holy cow. Um I don't know. 
I never really tried to separate them, and I never really thought about it Good. in terms of yeah. one yeah. or the other. Um, I think – how can I put this? I think it was m- clear to me at a very early age that being Jewish mm-hmm. was far more different than being a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that because I am fortunate enough to have an incredibly strong mother yeah, and a father who respects – and loves and is present for mm-hmm. my mother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and who is the same for his two daughters. Mm. Um, I think to a certain extent that gave me a bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my father was raised Orthodox. Oh. His father was a kosher butcher, mm-hmm. and he, um, you know, they had, my father had, has two older sisters, mm-hmm. significantly older. He's the caboose baby. And they had the third baby because they were trying for a son. Mm-hmm. And so after my mother had my sister, mm-hmm. one of my aunts asked my father, well, were, you, were they going to have a third baby? And his response was, no, I don't ever want one of my daughters to think that they weren't enough. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm done. He wow. said, I have, I have two mm-hmm. beautiful babies. Why would I, why would I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, did I deal with, do I deal with <laughs> um, sexual harassment on a yeah, daily basis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I not really realize what some of it was until I looked back on it? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're in high school right. and your music teacher chases you around his oh desk, no. mm-hmm. you kind of go, that's not normal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and, and when you're part of the theater department and your drama teacher is, is actively trying to protect the young women in the department, mm-hmm. <laughs> you go, that's not normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he, I mean, he was fantastic and he was wonderful right. and lovely mm-hmm. and I adore him to bits and pieces to this day. Um, but yeah, I, and I, th- I think, looking back, I have led a remarkably charmed life in mm. that respect, mm-hmm. because I dated a lot in college, um, but I knew what my boundaries were, mm-hmm. and somehow, they never managed to get crossed. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's just because all the guys that I managed to date were actually really nice guys, mm-hmm. which kind of I doubt, <laughs> um, or if I had some sort of a guardian angel, yeah. mm-hmm. or, or, or you just didn't run into the yeah. freaks. <laughs> yeah. Or I just managed to make it very, very clear where the line was and walked away before it got yeah, to I that was point. Say, Cause it's, it strikes me that you have a very. Dominant, and I mean that in a positive way. I mean, like you, you know, you you you're very clear in your opinions, and you know, you you know, you you state exactly what you mean. I don't know and that I always did. Yeah. But but somehow I managed to be lucky enough. Yeah. Um, that that I was some some you know I was protected I think more than other women mm-hmm. in some way shape or form. That doesn't mean that it 
there wasn't that specter. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it also helped, too, that I didn't really like to drink. Mm -hmm. So in college, I didn't really drink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Um, it was hard to slip me anything because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> right. I was drinking water yeah. at a lot of the But parties. when I keep hearing about, like, the Weinstein allegations and, and, and all the other Louis C.K. or whatever, yeah. you hear about these women who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was me, but they they talk now, but they didn't right. open up at, right, right then and there because mm-hmm. it's expected. Hey, just go with the flow and – or. Um, They've seen the horrible examples yeah. of women yeah. who do speak out. Yeah, it's the horrible. I mean, looking at it, I go, I completely understand why it takes 20 years or 30 years or what have you. And, and somebody, somebody asked, a friend or somebody I know asked on Facebook, well, why, if, if somebody grabbed you, mm-hmm. wouldn't you just smack them? Right. And I said, and I thought to myself, no, mm-hmm. because we're conditioned right. yeah. not to do that. Right. We are trained not to do that. Right. If we do do that, who knows what's going to happen? Sure. You know, some guy grabs my ass, you know, and I turn around and sock him. Next mm-hmm. thing I know, I'm on the ground. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. You know, yeah. potentially depending on, you know, yeah. what the situation is. Um, I do remember I was on a bus in Rome I, I spent a summer in Rome mm. singing opera, and I was on a bus in Rome. It was very crowded. Roman buses tend to be. Mm-hmm. And some guy groped me. Mm-hmm. And without even thinking about it, I stomped on his foot. Mm-hmm. And the old men around me, all and nobody realized that I could speak Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> all the old men around me started yelling at this guy like, how can you do this? You can't treat a woman this way. And especially if she's here visiting our country, you have to be respectful. Mm. And they physically pushed this <coughs> man off the bus. Wow. Because wow, I, I stepped on his foot and I went, oh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You know, and right. <laughs> pulled the, the, the batting eyelashes, dumb blonde thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like this group of old men <laughs> pushed this guy off the mm. bus. And I thought, I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um. And a girlfriend of mine was being harassed by a guy in our pensione, and I was with her. And, I mean, like, the guy literally reached out and grabbed her breasts mm-hmm. with both hands. Just, mm. uh-huh. and, and I looked at him and I said, you can't do that. <laughs> mm. And we, w- we got so angry and we got so vocal. And it turned out that he was a relative of the the people who own the pensione, mm-hmm. because when we were trying to get to our room, they wouldn't give us our keys, and this guy was cornering us, and we oh. were like, we need to call the police, and they wouldn't do it. And so somebody else in our group actually left and went next door, mm-hmm. and called the police. The carabinieri came, and we had to go to the police station uh-huh. and make a statement. And then when we came back to the pensione, they were like, well, you know, if you don't come back and press these charges, then you can never come back to Italy. And they were, they were like, really pressuring mm. us. And, um, and one of the other women in the group said, you know what? I have a cousin who's Carabinieri in Firenze. She's like, I'm calling him, mm-hmm. and I'm going to find out the truth. And she called him, and he's like, I am moving you guys today. Mm-hmm. I'm finding you another pensione, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and, and you're, you're moving. And, um, you know, when I tell the story now, mm-hmm. it's, we were really brave. 
and, and brazen. Yeah. You know, and but it, it's so crazy because I stop and think about how that's what I want mm-hmm. for women to be able to do mm-hmm. is to step out and say, you can't do this. Yeah. But I can I can count on both hands the number of times when something like that happened and I just went <gasps> and froze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what a shame that in Italy there, there you know, there was the um, – you know, the old men were like, hey, you can't do that. Right. Which is a wonderful thing. I don't know if that would happen here. I don't know. It depends. Yeah, where you are, you are what the yeah. situation right. is. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but I would want, you know, I would want for my daughter, who is 14. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, was about, I was about to ask you if you have had conversations with her. Um. Yeah, and, and I think she still kind of doesn't right. get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, you know, when I talk about it, I did take – I, I did take a class in college. I took an impact class, mm-hmm. which is a full contact self-defense, and it started particularly for women. Mm-hmm. Um, most terrifying thing I think I've ever done in my entire life. Oh, huh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Why so? To walk into that room the first time was mm. terrifying. And you, you meet the guy, mm-hmm. you know, out of his outfit. Right. And he introduces himself, and you talk to him. And then he goes, and he puts this outfit on. Right. And it's steel-toed boots yeah. and shin guards. I mean, he is he is covered. So, mm-hmm. so that he could be beat on. So he could be beat on. He's got a big old mm-hmm. padded helmet. Right. And he's got thick goggles over his eyes because yeah. they're teaching you to, you know, the first thing they teach you is if somebody comes up behind you and grabs you, what do you mm-hmm. do? And it's you stomp on his first foot, and his, if he lets go even a little bit, you elbow him in the gut and hammer right. fist him in the right. in the groin. Yeah. You know, and then you're going for the eyes. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. Mm. I can't mm. do this. Yeah. And then you, you you know, you discover that, well, actually, yeah, you can. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you can learn that. Yes, you, you can, can learn it. But it's yeah. learned, but it has to be learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has to be learned. And as women, m- so much of the time, you're taught not right. to do that. You're taught not to react that way. Mm-hmm. And I, my friend and I took the class together, and we we had to tell other friends you can't you can't sneak up on us right now uh-huh. oh. because we are so hyper right. reactive. And one of the guys decided to sneak sneak up on my friend mm-hmm. and ended up on the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> she looked at him and she said, "I told you not to sneak yeah. up behind yeah. me." Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's always going to be that one guy. Oh yeah, just got it. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Let him be a lesson for everybody else. Yeah. That's fine yeah. with me. So yeah. So, can I weigh the two? Can I weigh the anti-Semitism and the yeah. and the and the, the well, I sexism? I don't. They're, they're, so, them, they're yeah. so intertwined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't interested in as as what you what you teach your daughter. But maybe she's not at that age just at no, just yet. No, um, I do. You know, we're trying to teach her to be a strong, independent mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, much like we're doing for our ten-year-old son. Mm-hmm. You are a strong, independent person, and whatever you are is who you are, and yeah, and all of that good stuff. Um. Am I going to find her an impact class? Yeah, actually, I am. They uh-huh. they, they start teaching it for for I believe young women as a, as young as fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. In part because I think she just doesn't know, right? You know, mm-hmm. and she's tall and she's gangly and her oh, limbs are uh-huh. all long and she doesn't know how, where she is in space, right? So this would help with that yeah. as well. You know, it would it would give her. A sense of, of focus and a core. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I know that she comes home and she's like, oh, the boys in class, uh-huh. you know, and they, they were doing sex ed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, 
just like you mentioned a period and they all go insane (laughs) and and so so somebody said something to her the other day and she's like dude i have pads in my purse and it is that time of the month, and you don't want to mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Like, good for you, sweet pea. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you, Norman. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that. Do Do you talk to um, your Dexter. stepson, Dexter, about what's what's been going on? No. Uh, no. My, my problem, my challenge with being a step parent is I am not a parent. I am yeah. I am the partner of a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the father is in the picture, so I have to be very careful about crossing the line. So I try to find things to say and not say. The biggest awareness that this is bringing up for me, this discussion, is just recognizing that it doesn't matter how, how old they are, they are still kids. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. so, in fact, Mara and I, because we have him every other week, mm-hmm. we get that off week. And sometimes sometimes that off week is us. It's a little vacation and we have a great time. Sometimes we discuss a lot about what's going on with him and where he's at. And I feel like I'm the observer. So occasionally I have to sort of say, you know what, I need to share this with you, get your opinion on it, but also to kind of recommend some ideas or just give you kudos Mm -hmm. for what's going well but the big one for me is on some level like he's he's really struggling because he started this school year and he felt like his voice hasn't changed yet well i don't think he recognizes it but i do his voice is changing it's dropping Mm -hmm. and he's big he's taller than me now he was not taller than me at the beginning of the year he is taller than me now but he still has these moments where he is a little boy asking his mother to do for him He's a little boy trying to show his mother this or that or the other thing. And occasionally, I mean, more and more, I'm included in that equation, showing me things, telling me things. We got the huge discussion about North Korea last night, mm. um, which is weird because I didn't know that's what was going on. Mara was watching a video that apparently he'd been watching, mm-hmm. and he wasn't in the room. And we started – I watched it. We watched the end of it, and I said, well, I feel like it was a little biased. And I said, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I feel like the New York Times is biased. I feel like all the major media outlets are mm-hmm. biased. You just need to know where they're coming from. Right, where, the, where does the bias lie? Yeah. Right. And so I said, so I don't mean that, but um, they were talking about there are Jap- there are Korean people in Japan right. who moved there before the war, and then after the wars, a bunch of them moved back. But even though these people trace their lineage to South Korea, North Korea, after the war threw money at them. Yeah. So they built schools and a whole, and then for a while there, they were actually in great shape. And I forget what it was. North did something, and that just pissed the Japanese off. And among other things, Japanese people, like, hate on them for mm. being in any way connected. But also the government just cut funding from all the stuff and seized assets. Yeah. And so it's a weird mix of stuff. Anyway, we talk about all these sorts of things, and it's great to see where he's getting it. And he's paying attention to something or noticing something and really getting it. Mm-hmm. He's also clueless a lot of the time. And I keep reminding myself, and this has come up a number of times when we've done the podcast, where I just have to ask myself, would I have done that? Did I think that way? Mm-hmm. And I check back in with my parents sometimes. My stepfather loves to laugh about <laughs> it. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> when, when I think back when I was his age, there's a lot of, and I think maybe some parents need to understand, I retained a lot of things, although I didn't vocalize that I understood. Right. Right. And there are a lot of things I didn't understand, 
but I held on to them. The seeds were planted. And, right. Yeah. And so, a lot of times I'll tell my dad, hey, dad, you remember when you taught me this or that? And he's like, wow, you you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually listening. I was like, yeah. Children will listen. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so, yeah, I do find myself at times wanting him to be a little more together, a little mm-hmm. more mature, a little more aware. Mm-hmm. And then I remind myself, oh, this is where he's at. And then I adjust. Right. You know, and so sometimes the conversation is, what can we do to help him progress, move forward? Right. And sometimes it's just saying, let's recognize that he's at this stage. Right. And we need yeah. to honor that and figure out when it's going to change. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't changed yet, and maybe it's not time to try and push it forward. I'm not good at that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> not pushing? No, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, yeah, I'm that bomb. Well, they have plenty of that energy. I just don't get to participate. Yeah. I can't I imagine how challenging that has yeah. to be. But I'm sure there'll be a time where he'll come yeah. to you because you're not the parent. He does. And, and it's and it's know. always a, wait, you're talking to me? <laughs> 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 oh, okay, yeah. Let's let's, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I so enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been, you know, when I got into it, I said, because I do, mm-hmm. I have spent easily 15 years or so saying to my stepfather, I love you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and all of those, we barely, we we definitely can't go two conversations without all three of those things coming up. Yeah. Well, look, I say that to my parents. Still, I, I don't mean, say it to my mom much. I but do. I, think I, that I, we say to wrestle. Mom, I say it to mommy more than I say it to daddy. Yeah, I think we wrestle <laughs> more throughout. So mm-hmm. I feel like we've. I've sort of made my peace with a lot of that. With him, I'm just realizing, dude. You were there. Yeah. Oh, my God. You said this thing. And I was oblivious. And now yeah. I'm in that situation. That's the other part of yeah. it is. I'm like, karma. Man, I am just getting beat <laughs> up by karma. I go out to do yard work, and I'm like, he's laying up in there watching videos. I'm in the backyard <laughs> pulling weeds. What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. 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 No, that there will be days when I call my mother to tell her something that my children didn't. She just laughed. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure. I, like, that's got to be one of the joys of grandparents. Thank you, Mommy. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Th- thank you for wishing this on me. <laughs> so let's get into You told us a little bit about <clears throat> your story, but how did you get into theater? I mean, were you always uh, into theater? Um, according to my mother, I um, I started performing at the age of three. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I did... Um, I did my first professional production at the age of 11. Wow. In Wichita, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I was cast as Brigitta in The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently I was a controversial choice. Which one is Brigitta? Brigitta is the one who reads the book. She comes oh. in reading the book. Oh, is she She's the 16 and 17? No, that's Liesl. Oh, okay. No, Brigitta is like 11 or oh, 12. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. She is, no, she's 16, 15. She's like Thirteen, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe maybe thirteen, eleven mm-hmm. or thirteen. Um, but she she she's the smart aleck. She comes in, she's reading her book. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the first one who looks at at Maria after she and the captain have danced together, and she goes, "Your face is all red." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so that was my. I've been apparently I was a controversial choice because I just remember at the auditions at the callbacks, um, the director kept putting me into the lineup of children, and the producer kept moving me out of the lineup of children and putting mm-hmm. another kid in. And the director kept putting me back. And I just remember the director had hands like 
eagle's talons. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he would grab my shoulder and he would pull me back into the <laughs> line. Mm. And I wore glasses at the time. Mm-hmm. But I knew enough to take them off mm-hmm. for, the, for the audition. I don't know how I knew to take them off for the audition. But I handed them. My, and my father was there. Oh. My daddy never was able to come to them. My father is mm-hmm. a retired neurosurgeon. Yeah. So he was never able to come to things. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he was at the callback. He took me to the callback. And I remember handing him my glasses. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing him tell my mother the story when he got home. And he was like, something is going on there. And I don't know what it is. And he looked at me. He said, I don't know if they're going to cast you. He said, but be aware that it has nothing to do with you. He's like, you can play this part. Mm -hmm. He said, and I don't know anything about theater, but I know Mm -hmm. you can play this part. Mm -hmm. And so I got cast. Yay! Yay! And it was was amazing. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, Scared the pee willies out of me when they unrolled those flags, the the Nazi flags. Mm -hmm. And they actually had people in uniform marching through the aisles. (coughs) Um, My grandmother... Olivia Shaw and my mother's mother came to watch the show, mm-hmm. and I remember, you know, her coming a- after the show to give me hugs. She had tear streaks wow. on her face. Um, mm. But yeah, so and that sort of did it. That I the bug hit me. I mm-hmm. had I started working with a private voice teacher. Mm. Um, I did shows all the way through, you know, elementary school mm-hmm. and junior high. And were high you, were you singing as a child? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, um, Mommy says I sang all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we listened to a lot of musicals in my house. And mm-hmm. We watched a lot of the MGM musicals on TV mm-hmm. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, one of my very favorite movies is Auntie Mame. Oh. Um, <laughs> not, the mu- not the musical version, but yeah. the original. Mm-hmm. I could probably quote you almost the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mother said she knew that she was in trouble when I got cast as Brigida and she came to me and she said, okay, we should start learning your lines. We should start looking at your script. And I said, I know it. And she said, you can't know it. You've, you've, you know, you've been sitting up in your room for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I said, but I know it. And so she took the script. She's like, you don't know it. She took the script from me and she started feeding me Mm -hmm. um, my, my cues. And I knew the script. And she's like, that's it. She's like, we're in so much trouble. <laughs> and my husband to this day refers to it as my mutant ability. That's There's uh-huh. something that allows me to learn dialogue. Uh-huh. But not as quickly now as I used to. I wish well, I had. Well, I don't know. Uh, you, you, you were pretty much off book pretty quickly. Well, I didn't feel like I was. No, we never do. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, my you know, my <coughs> husband reminded me, every show I feel this way. Every show I'm like, <laughs> I am never going to get this memorized. This is horrible. Isn't it, yeah, isn't it a horrible? Because you have that feeling and you think, next time I'm not going to let this happen. Yeah, and it And maybe it doesn't happen next time. Maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. happen every time for me. But, yeah, I don't go more than a couple of shows before I'm like, wait a minute, I thought I, I thought yeah. I was going to make this work better this time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, oh my god, my brain just is not as sticky as it used to be. Mm. Um, but yeah, I started and I started working at the age of 16 with um, a voice teacher from Wichita State University, mm-hmm. um, who looked at me and said, you know, we can keep going on the trajectory you're on, and you can do musical theater. He said, but I think you can sing opera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, I don't know, okay, right. sure, I'll sing opera. So I started studying opera at 16 and have, um, as I like to tell people, two useless degrees Mm -hmm. in opera performance, bachelor's and a master's in opera performance. Um, Well, I I think you're still utilizing. I am. I am. Um, Not as 
much as I think my my grad school uh, voice teacher would like me mm-hmm. to. Be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, did you have aspirations to I don't know to, to be at the Met or to very briefly, very briefly. But I think because I had spent my childhood performing, I knew how hard it really was. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I wanted to have any semblance of a normal life, mm-hmm. that right. wasn't yeah, going to happen. And I, f- and I fell in love. I Yay. fell in love with my husband in college. Mm. We went our separate ways um, when I went to grad school. And he came home because he's a Bay Area baby. Oh, okay. And he came back here. And... Um, but it was one of those, if I marry him, I'm moving to California. Mm-hmm. And if I don't marry him, well, then I'll move to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but he proposed, and I was like, yeah, this is really what I want. I want I want a home, and I want a family. And, mm-hmm. and I knew that if I wanted kids, there was no way I was ever going to say anything that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I really am, mm-hmm. given everything that's happened at the Met. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Everywhere. Right. Yes. Everywhere. I know is there any place that is free of this? I don't so. know. And <coughs> I just thought, la, 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 la. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I so I moved to the Bay Area, and, mm-hmm. I mean, I think. Did you know there was Bay Area Theater when you came? Well, I knew there had to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know where I was going to find it. And I didn't know how I was going to break in. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I lucked out. Oh, yeah? What did yeah. you find? Um, the second thing I auditioned for was a production at Lamplighters. Mm-hmm. And I was cast as Yum Yum in the Mikado. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of right. launched things a little bit. And I think once I got that show, so I think it was about a year after I moved to the Bay Area. So from the time I was 11 to the time I was 20. I don't think I had gone six months without being in a production. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was about a year after I got married. And then from the time I was 26 to the time I was um, 33 and had mm-hmm. my daughter. Again, I don't think there was six months that I didn't do a show. And then I took about two years off after she was born. Mm-hmm. And I went back. Um, and I was doing a, um, a gala production for... Um, Lyric Theater of San Jose mm-hmm. while I was pregnant with my son and um, was doing three can-cans a night. <laughs> and um, <laughs> nobody knew I was pregnant mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. until I went to the stage manager and went, I just need to tell you, just by the way, I'm pregnant. And she was like, oh, my God, we've got you. I'm like, it's okay. I'm supposed to be exercising. You know, the can-cans are good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, when the time came to strike the sets and I – I picked up. I think I picked up a piece of wood, mm-hmm. and I was like moving it. And she was like, "Drop that piece! Of, you shouldn't be doing that. You're pregnant." And I was like, "Because oh, I didn't. I wasn't telling people yet." Right. And of course, everybody in the theater turns around yeah. and looks at me and goes, "What?" It's like, "Yes, I'm pregnant." So, and then, yeah, after Ian was born, I, I took about two years off, mm-hmm. and I've. But again, I think, I think I've done a show at least once a year mm-hmm. since he was born. Yeah. Sometimes two if I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. So, so you've pretty much been everywhere. I mean, has it just been the Lamplighters or have you? No, I did Lamplighters. I did West Bay Opera. I did Pocket Opera. I did Lyric Theater of San Jose. I did Diabolite Opera Company when it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, Diabolite Opera the Theater, whatever. It yeah. Right. Um, I did... I've done a lot of Douglas Morrison. 
Mm-hmm. I did a couple of things at Masfers, which, boy, I really wish they'd come back. Yeah. I hope they get that building fixed because I had so much fun over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm doing Town Hall. Yeah. So, yeah, I've done quite a few different places. There, I, I seem to, like, find a home for a little while, mm-hmm. and I kind of sit at that theater for a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes I'll go off and do a couple other things, mm-hmm. and then I'll go find a new theater. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds so like, like a very nice feeling. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done anything, you know, for example, at Lamps or um, at um, – Lyric Theater for mm-hmm. a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that drive down to Lyric Theater was killing me. Have you yeah, seen a lot of change in Bay Area Theater when you first began? Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've watched some of these companies really blossom, like, you know, Lamplighters when I was doing it. When I did the first the first Mikado that I did with them, you know, they were st- at, at the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're, you know, they're huge. So I've kind of watched that. Mm. And now I'm watching, unfortunately, I'm watching things kind of fade a little bit. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, Douglas like the DMT, yeah. Yeah, like Douglas yeah. Morrison, which makes me so sad because mm-hmm. um, it's a beautiful little venue. Right. Yeah. It's, it and is. It's, it's a so space. lovely to work in. And so I'm kind of hoping that maybe things will come back around and, mm-hmm. and they'll be able to do more mm-hmm. community theater there. Um, but, yeah, I guess I guess I kind of have. Um Maybe that's why I keep bouncing from <laughs> theater group to theater Right. Group. Have you ever done, like, um, like drama or comedy or anything that has – Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, that's sort of the, the new portion of my trajectory, mm-hmm. which um, started really in, let's see, about 2005. Mm. My daughter was two, and I was cast as Mary Haynes in Douglas Morrison's production of The Women. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the director, Sue Ellen Nelson, who I love, um, had directed me in a in a musical. Mm-hmm. And I told her I really, you know, when I came to her for the callbacks, I said, I just need to tell you that I've got a callback for a, a lyric theater production, and I should, you know, you should be aware. And she called me and she said, you didn't tell me that they'd offer you the part at Lyric, and you'd ask them to wait. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I said, well, I really want this part. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I'm a little leery about casting you because mm-hmm. you've done a lot of very broad um, theater, mm-hmm. you know, in the musical theater and the operetta world. And I said, whatever you tell me to do, I will do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like to think I did it pretty well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. I, mm-hmm. I loved that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I auditioned for it a few years ago at Maskers, and um, the directors came to me and said, would you consider taking the part of Edith Potter? And I thought, I don't know if I want to play this woman who's perpetually pregnant, and, you know, and I, I just, and I looked at them, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm funny. And the two of them, like, lost it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have you are so funny, <laughs> and so that was that was actually really scary mm-hmm. for me uh, to to do first to do the the dramatic part, and then I did a I did a production of Private Lives mm-hmm. with um, Sue and um, with Susan Evans, Evans. yeah, mm. um, and and so those were kind of like ooh this is this is new territory it's mm-hmm. a little scary hadn't mm-hmm. done, I hadn't done straight theater since high school mm-hmm. so that was kind of and then and then to get this comedic part and go. No, now I have to be funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm funny. Um, That's something we, we haven't talked about, Norman. Um, 
where you want to go, like, have you talked to a director and say, hey, listen, I know that I'm usually cast in this, but I want to go in a new direction. I mean, or do you sort of do that just on yourself? Like, let's say you go to an audition and you just present another I, I, different I monologue. I think that's what I would do is just present because I, I just find if you know who you're talking to and you know how to talk to them, but um, even something as simple as facial hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just did Hamlet, and I played Polonius. And there are references throughout the script. Hamlet keeps making references to his beard. Right. I can't grow a beard. <laughs> I can't grow a beard, you know, if my life depended on it. I can grow a little bit of a mutton chop, mm-hmm. barely. And the scraggle down here, and then this mustache that is now coming in all salt and pepper. Salt yeah. and pepper looks great some places. In a mustache, not so much. <laughs> So my wife got me to shave the mustache and shave my chin and just keep the mutton chops, just shape them and keep them. And I was like, okay. But he asked me at one point about the beard thing. So I let it grow in as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And I kept waiting for him to comment on it, and he wasn't. Meanwhile, I'm walking around the world feeling scruffy as all get out. And I'm like, okay, the character's not scruffy. There's nothing scruffy about this character. Um and my director is stuck in the script, his right. idea of the script. So I'm not going to give him the opportunity mm-hmm. to have a discussion about this because I've given him the opportunity. I am visually yeah. making an offer. You are not saying anything. I don't think this looks good. I'm not going to wait for you to, to – since I've given you plenty of opportunity to say something you haven't. I learned that a long time ago. No, I, I, I def, if I can avoid it, I don't talk to – Directors, I don't ask directors, and I made the mistake in the show I'm doing now of asking a question at one point, and we got into a huge discussion. And the thing was, I had just made a discovery, mm-hmm. so I wanted to confirm that discovery. Mm-hmm. This was the wrong person to say it to because it yeah. got turned into a huge discussion. And then my scene partner asked about something, and thankfully talked himself through it and went, "You know, there was no reason. I'm sorry I brought that up. There was no reason to bring that up." But it was too late. The director heard about it and needed to be bright student and started pontificating on this. And I'm like, you know what? We have very limited time. If we could just get up and do this a couple more times and you could tell us what's working and not working, that'd be great. But now you're lecturing us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that that, that moment when I I went to Sue Ellen and I said, I would really like to do this part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, it is your decision. You are the director. And if you tell me no, I will cry a little bit and Mm -hmm. and then i'll come and see whoever you cast Mm -hmm. i said but i just want you to know that that's how strongly i feel about this for me and Mm -hmm. and i was lucky that a i knew her because i had worked with her once before Mm -hmm. and i guess i have enough chutzpah that Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm willing to go and say i really want this i really want to try this yeah i mentioned it because there are a lot of times, like, let's say I've worked with Susan Evans, you know, for right. years mm-hmm. and years and years. She may only see me as one type of an actor. Right. Like, oh, there's, okay, Reg is good for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I may say, you know, I'm, I can be good for this, too. Mm-hmm. And there are ways in which you can, you can either say, open your mouth and say, hey, I'm really looking for this. Or I can say nothing at all right. and just present a monologue. Right. Or, you know. I, I would definitely recommend the latter. I know an actor who wants to play uh, Troy. Mm-hmm. And fences. Mm-hmm. 
if he ever had a day when he was a Troy, that, that ship has long sailed. <laughs> Troy, Troy yeah. is a baseball player who, at least in his mind, believes that he was as good as Josh Gibson and play, people like that. You know, right. the best of the best. Right. Troy truly believes that, and the other characters in the play seem to believe it as well. Right. Or at least they know how strongly Troy believes, believes it. Believes it. And this actor just was beyond that part. And he to the point where he went to an audition... And they liked his stuff, and they said, so what do you think? And he said, well, I want to be Troy. And the guy said, no, I'm going to cast you as Bono, the uh, the friend. He's, And he's, I think he either turned it down or he thought about turning it down. And I was like, well, I mean, if you know you don't want to do it, that's one thing. But right. if you're stuck in your head, when I did Polonius, it's easy to read the character as comic. Mm-hmm. Um, what ended up happening in our production is I played it tried to bring him to life and fully realize the character, it was the reactions of the other actors that got the joke, that got right. the laughs. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I thought, well, then I'm doing my job. Right. Yep. It's not my job to make this laugh. It's my job to nail this character mm-hmm. as written. Mm-hmm. So that the And the playwright has created that comedy. So it's up to the other people to go to react. Right. And the audience laughs. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try and push myself to be... Something I don't think I can be, but if I'd like to try it, then yeah, I would try to find a piece where I thought I could show some of those colors. Yeah, that would I be think, me. and I think too that part of it was is that for both of these auditions, it wasn't come in with a monologue, mm-hmm. so it was come in and, and read. Right. So, so it wasn't like I even had the option to come in with a monologue that showed X right. or Y. Well, and no, in that case, I would definitely. If it was just you're giving me sides, I would say, you know, I was thinking about. Could I read for, you know, could I read for, but, um, a lot of, I think a lot of the times I just kind of float with, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I only, I generally only audition for things that I'm interested in. Right. Yeah. Um, like for example, the first show I did with Don Monique Williams, mm-hmm. um, was by the way, meet Vera Stark. Ah, the DMT. Yeah. At DMT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't originally audition. Mm-hmm. Because I took one look at the description and I went, "Not me. That's <laughs> not me. Mm-hmm. That's not there. I don't see a part, you know, for me in this mm-hmm. particular production." And then Susan, they were still searching, and Susan was kind enough to 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 call me and say, "I don't know if you're what we're looking for, mm-hmm. but are you willing to come in and read for it?" And I'm like, "I'll read for anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, just mm-hmm. about. You put it in. Fr- I'll, I'll sure." Why not? Because I don't know what I can do, mm-hmm. and I don't know what you think I can do. Yeah, um, I will tell you that when they called me to do the part, you probably could have knocked me over with a feather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it was probably one of theatrically one of the most scary things that I've ever done mm-hmm. was to walk into that show. I don't know if you're familiar with the, no, the show. No, no. So the character of of Gloria is um, a movie star in the 1930s, mm-hmm. and she's making the transition from sort of childhood sweetheart, everybody's little favorite sweetheart, Mm. to adult actress. And the role she wants is a kind of a a Gone with the Wind Mm -hmm. production. And she has um, a maid slash companion who is Mm African-American, who also is Vera Vera Stark, who is Mm -hmm. trying to break into movies as well. And 
and it's all about sort of the relationship and then where things go. And they do both end up getting cast in the movie uh-huh. um, uh-huh. in in that relationship. Car- and uh-huh. Carrie Moy was also yeah, Carrie was in it. Carrie oh. was fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and Evan Sokol and Jean Moshi and Shawnee mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, it, we, it, Kelly Strickland and it, and um, Gia. And I can't remember everybody's last name, mm-hmm. but I think I got everybody. Gene Mulshi, he was also on the show here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but what ends up happening is, is that as the show goes on, you realize that there's something else happening. Uh-huh. And at the very end, you discover that the two women, Gloria mm-hmm. and Vera, are cousins. Oh, uh-huh. And Gloria could pass. Uh-huh. Oh. And had, sure. a, had this career mm-hmm. that Vera could never achieve. Right. And so... Walking into that, I went, I'm walking in and I'm going to tell you, right, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to say a lot of stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a lot of big mistakes. Mm-hmm. And please know that they're coming from mm-hmm. places of honest, yeah. just, I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's wonderful, you know, and I dealt with it with Susan, how other people can perceive you. Like, I have a perception of who I think I am sure. as an actor and as a person. But then someone else says, I see you as something else. And right. you're like, you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, sure, I'll, I'll let you sort of like a feather, you know, mm-hmm. being blown by something else. And then, you know, you're cast in something or you're doing something that you had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it just amazes me. Yeah. And that's one thing about theater. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I think, I think that that was, that was one of those moments where I kind of looked at my husband and I went, this is a whole new direction. Mm-hmm. Right. And because I don't know this direction i'm just gonna kind of go mm-hmm. and see where i land mm-hmm. yeah, it's and so definitely a gorgeous part of theater yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. that's kind of where i've been the last few years it's like if something comes up that looks interesting or i mean there are bucket list shows mm-hmm. um, like what oh secret garden oh i want to be lily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i i would love Another crack at Rosalinda from Die Fleur de Mars. Mm-hmm. I played the part. Mm-hmm. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You and I were singing uh, Mrs. Lovett, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah I, would do, I would do Sweeney Todd. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I would love mm-hmm. to be the witch in Into the Woods. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, I have a kind of a list. Mm. Oh, <laughs> that's great. And, and funny, that none of it is street theater just because I don't know enough street theater anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... It's one of those. Well, if I s- if something comes up that looks interesting, well, sure, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Why what, not? What about your kids? Are they interested in, in all? Do you think? Um, my daughter, I think, kind of is, but um, I th- kind of selfishly haven't really pushed her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mostly because. I want to be able to go to do right. my rehearsals and having to drive her to hers right. would mean yeah. that I wouldn't get to do mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. I'm a horrible parent. I'm no. just awful. Um, but she's a, she's actually a, an incredibly talented trombone player. Oh, okay. Nice! Yeah, yeah. Mara is a trombone player. My husband is a trombone player as well. That's funny. What's yeah. his name? Bruce Von Kugelgen. Okay. You can't miss him. He's six foot eight. Mm. Plays well, trombone. She might know him. She probably does. He probably knows her. I'm mm. going to have to ask him. Um, but yeah, so she's a, a very talented trombone player mm-hmm. um, played with the Edinburgh Jazz Band for three years mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and is now at, at Skyline and she's oh good mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, when she doesn't have a concussion she's um, playing with the band now did she did uh, she inherit her mother's great voice she has a beautiful voice um, we have not done anything with it mm-hmm. so I don't know 
right. how far it will go and what mm-hmm. the range is. She hasn't really expressed a wish to be vocally trained. Mm-hmm. Um, she has expressed a wish to perform, so I really need to find a way to make that happen for her. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, um, they both play piano, and my son is now taking drum mm-hmm. lessons because mm. even in utero, he couldn't keep still. <laughs> um, but he does not want to be on stage. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like. He doesn't want sure. people looking at him, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how he's going to do his bar mitzvah in three years. Yeah. That's going to be a challenge. Um, he'll probably the, stand the up way and many drum people it. do. Yeah, oh head down yeah. and like in the book, and like don't look at me, <laughs> and with the voice cracking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, neither of them really. Uh, not mm-hmm. right now. I think probably mm-hmm. at some point Helen will. Yeah. Um, she's expressed an interest actually uh, in modeling at some point. Mm-hmm. So we'll mm-hmm. see. She certainly could. She's five foot nine mm-hmm. already at fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he's Ian's ten, and I think he's probably close to five feet tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, when you marry somebody who's six foot eight, that's right. What that's what happens. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> five four on a good day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we have we've passed the uh, the hour mark, but I was going to ask you what do you how do you like um, how do you like the roles that you're doing now in Civil War? I you know, love you it. <laughs> play Mary Todd Lincoln. You play um, uh, one of the boots. No, I, one I, of the play, I play Surratt, John yeah. Surratt, and I play Edwin Stanton. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanton is funny. He's got three lines. Mm-hmm. Secretary of War. Stanton. Secretary of War right. Stanton. Mm-hmm. And I just I like it because I get to put on my deep booming voice and mm-hmm. I get to pretend to be a bass. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know sounds really silly because I it's still a have, a, fun, have yeah. a high-pitched voice. <laughs> it's not going to change. Um, and Surratt um, has been interesting because I have to reconcile my feelings about what he was part of. Yeah, yeah. You know, with... Yeah. But what you're doing with Lincoln is also very interesting, uh, Mary, Mary Todd yeah. Lincoln. There's that part where, you, you know, you sing the neurotic... Um, I think it's uh, God, God bless you, you Mary Gentleman. Yeah. God bless you, Mary Gentleman. And, of course, you deal with the neurotic nature of, 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 of Mary Todd Lincoln, who, of course, her son had passed away, Willie. Right. Willie. Yeah, Willie. Uh, um, what, three months prior to? No, it's two years. Uh, two mm-hmm. years. It's been two years at that point. Yeah. And she, but she, but never, she never gets over it. No, she never did. And then, and, then she lost, <coughs> and then she lost Lincoln. And then not long after that, actually, it, um, she lost Tad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then Robert had her committed. That's right. Put her, put her in a sanitarium. Um, there right. was a kangaroo court. Like, I mean, her lawyer was picked out for her. The jury was already impaneled mm-hmm. before she even knew this was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, somebody came to her house that morning and said, "I'm taking you to court. There's a, a sanity hearing." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "What?" Um, and she was released after four months. Mm-hmm. And and Robert Lincoln actually l- later in life. Um, spoke about how he regretted having done that. It mm-hmm. it, it damaged their relationship. <laughs> no doubt. Imagine yeah. that. Um, do I think that she was manic depressive? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of women were. I mean, I, I read about all of the presidential wives. I talked about Pierce's wife, mm-hmm. who yeah. suffered the loss of her child. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody yeah. losing a child is oh lordy, they're yeah, going to lose their they're mind. Lose their mind. And mm-hmm. and I don't think that she was a particularly um, I think she was strong in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but I think emotionally she wasn't terribly strong. Right. And I think that loss, and then the abrupt loss of 
of Lincoln's mm-hmm. um, confidence. The, the confidentiality between the two of them. Mm-hmm. They were kind of almost forcibly separated in the White House. Mm-hmm. And I think all of a sudden she was bereft. Mm-hmm. I think she was lost, and then she lost this child. And then she didn't know how to behave. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have to stop and think about that all of her family was from Kentucky. Right. And here she is in the middle of this horrific war, and she knows her family is dying. Right. And she has to support her husband, and she does. Right. But can you imagine the internal mm-hmm. struggle that must have been going on for this woman? And and she was one of those characters, though, that, like, as soon as I read the script, mm-hmm. the voice happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes the beats just just find you. Yeah. Sometimes right. you have to look for the beats. They just they and come I right s- at I you. I still don't know whether Don Monique actually likes it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to know from it. I, I'm glad. You, I'm so glad you said that because, as Bronson, you know, I had asked her some questions and she really didn't talk to me at all. You know, as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I'm just going to keep rolling." Really? I love Bronson. I love Bronson. Yeah, I think he's magnificent. I lo- he's a rich, rich character. I've Got to tell you, I love Mr. Wormley the best, though. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. I think he's so adorable. He's so fun. I mean, Bronson's so tense, and yeah. there's, there's so much whatever. Bron- I mean, Wormley is really just. You get to be lighthearted. It's be fun. You get to be lighthearted, which is so nice. I, I can't wait to see. Somebody posted about this this week, and I was like, oh, when are you going? I was like, ooh, let's, let's make sure we go let's see this. Sure mm-hmm. Let's see it. I do. Yeah. So. Once I finish mine, yes. I'm bringing my, I'm, we're bringing my 10 year old to see this one. Oh, good. And I will be curious to hear. Mm-hmm. His, you know what he has to say. They they've actually been talking about the slave trade at school. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, you know, he comes home and he's like, yeah. Do you believe this? And I'm. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing how it's, school systems. No, it's not, it's yeah. not. You know, it's it's a. It's like they, the people who did this. You right. know? I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we really, I mean, school districts really just oh, gloss amazing. over that sort of stuff. I mean, I remember being, you know, you go, yeah. you yeah. know, as a kid, Roots was very, very big. Right. And yeah. so that sort of initiated a lot of conversations right. and stuff. But, you know, prior to that, like I had said, hey, you know, um, so Lincoln freed the slaves and then Jim Crow happened. What happened? It's like, right. that's not part of the criteria. <laughs> I, I can't. Right. Good old public school system. Yeah. Right. And um, I had to re- read about Rutherford B. Hayes and... 1876 oh, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think I knew a lot of what they're teaching him now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and 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 they have these discussions, you know, right. in class about. And he's like, you know, there was there was one of those. Well, why do you think this continued? Why mm-hmm. do you think? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what you know, the, here were these people who were making a lot of money, and and, and you know, and he and 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 they get into the they they were getting into the morality of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, and they're like, what would you? What do you think you would do? Right. And, you know, all of the kids are like, well, I wouldn't own slaves. It's like, well, of course you wouldn't because your brain right. is knows that this right. is bad and this is right. wrong and this right. is a horrible, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, you got to put, your yeah, yeah. put yourself into the shoes of. Well, and, and I think it's an easy thing to do. Uh, was it a few years ago? San Francisco changed their laws. They changed the language. Mm-hmm. So you no longer, the language no longer says that you are a pet owner. You are a pet guardian. Guardian. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. if you think about it in those terms, if yeah. you grew up in a world, and people who react negatively to that, and I did it when I first heard it, I was like, oh, come on, what's that about? And I was like, well, you know, that's a being. 
that yeah. you've taken responsibility for. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that being had no say in this, and most of those beings, if you gave them say, they'd be out the door. Yeah. Right. Now, once they get used to you and they get used to the patterns, maybe not, mm-hmm. but... There's still people who are like, be careful, don't let the cat out. Be careful, don't let the dog out. And it's like, that dog hits the door. That dog is gone. (laughs) Well, but I had a dog when we were little who was an escape artist. Mm -hmm. Um, But she slept at the foot of my bed every night. Mm -hmm. You know, there was – but she just – if you opened the door, she was gone because she wanted to see the name. But I I would say like 50% of the time she found her way home. Right. And the other 50% of the time, one of the neighbors called and said, yeah, I'm lucky. I think it's your dog, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the day that one of the neighbors called and said, your dog is in our backyard. And my mother said, that's not possible. She's been dead for a year. Oh, <laughs> oh That was a little disturbing. That's funny. But, yeah, but she slept, you know, so she slept at the foot of my bed. So it's, it's one of those, well, did she did she love us? Right. You know, did she, and did she run away just because she wanted to be outside? Right. And no, she we wanted to run? Cat. When I got married, I got a cat. I got three cats, now, <laughs> actually. And one cat was so used to being locked up. That anytime she could, she hit the door. So I make a, pa- a habit of it now. When I go to the door, I let her know I don't want her anywhere near me. Mm-hmm. And she backs up and leaves me alone. If I'm coming in and I see her there, I tell her to back off. Then I will come in. I will pet her and leave the door open and then step away. Right. She steps out. Great. And then I, it took months, but I go out and I'll catch her on the front porch and I'll just rub her and walk back in. And, and now I can actually in? pick her up and bring her back in. But, yeah, even tonight, with these crazy winds we've been having, she wanted to be out. She'd get out and be like, oh, no, what the hell? She'd come back in and go, but but I wanted to be out. I wanted to be out. I was like, you're not going out. So, uh, same thing. I open the door. You go out. Mm -hmm. I'm closing the door. Do you guys still have the turtles? No, no turtles. Okay. No, all turtles gone. Okay. Our little little dog is so cute because she's she's figured it out, and she will – we can we, our previous dog, mm-hmm. Sandy. We would if we opened the door again. Sandy was gone. Right. She was like, but she was part whippet. Mm-hmm. So oh she, wow! All she wanted to do was run. Sure. So she, you'd open the door and whoosh, she was gone. Um, probably chasing a rat. Um, but orchid, we open the door and she will literally walk up to the door mm-hmm. and stand there. Right. And she'll look outside. And I've been outside, mm-hmm. you know, getting something out of my car or talking right. to one of the neighbors. And I'm going, come on, come on, you know, come right. on, come. And she won't. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm, nope. Mm-hmm. No. She's like, I don't go out of this thing unless mm-hmm. you've got that thing on me. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't want to. You know, <laughs> yeah. So they have their little personalities. got a personality. If I was going to teach slavery, though, that that would yeah. ownership. Yeah. That's what I would. That's yeah. what I would. And I was reading with. in uh, this week's news that apparently there's still a slave trade going on. Yeah. Um, in Africa, I think it's Egypt, Libya, Libya. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I just. The more you know, the more you don't want to know. It makes me feel physically ill. Well, and what's nice is that the official response immediately was, wow, bad, that shouldn't happen. That should not be happening. But, you know, then do we take the next step? Do we take the next step and go, hey, because I saw there was a wonderful little, there was a photo with a caption about if we really wanted to do something about the opium problem, we'd give these guys flamethrowers and it showed all these n- countries in the world where opiate yeah. you know where poppies grow yeah um, with soldiers and guns walking through and it's like oh <laughs> yeah yeah if y'all went and y'all burnt every field you could find mm-hmm. every time you found one and you did the same patrols you're doing with those weapons mm-hmm. yeah they didn't yeah, change that, things that that the, the local the powers would either 
really engage and y'all could get this over with, or they would sit down and negotiate with you so that you get off of their back. Yeah. Yeah. And the financial aspect <laughs> of it would collapse. Yeah. You it know, would. and that's really what, what right, drives exactly. it all. And also, I wonder psychologically, why why are we taking opium? I mean, what are we escaping? Are we? Yeah, are we, well, we are. It, yeah. it, affects, the, it affects the brain. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never been able to. I. You're I, missing out. It's, <laughs> no, there's. No, I was truly drunk <coughs> once, and it was mm. the most miserable experience I've ever had, mm-hmm. and something very, very dark and. Mm-hmm. St- horrifically sad welled mm-hmm. up within me <gasps> mm-hmm. and I thought you know whatever that is mm-hmm. I'm sure a psychiatrist or a psychologist would tell me I need to deal with so it so you're not a happy drunk huh? and my response is no I'm going to lock that away <laughs> and I never need to see it it's like Cthulhu it's a lot cheaper to just stay away from it yeah. it's yeah. like Cthulhu came up and I was like no, no. I know I'm paranoid drunk that's why I don't drink <laughs> I'm happy when I'm tipple yeah. a glass or two Tipsy, of wine yeah. and I'm great that's fun, <laughs> that's fun. but anything more and I'm like mm, nope not happening Right. <laughs> Shall we uh, wrap it up? Yeah. I, I mean, we did our shout out, so I don't know that there's more than to say I'm doing mm-hmm. Stories from Silence um, at the Piano Fight in San Francisco. This is uh, Utopia Theater. It's a response to the Me Too. Wow. Um, so they got a bunch of writers. Five writers wrote short pieces, and then we asked people to stand up and give stories. So we I think we're doing four Me Too's, we call them. Mm-hmm. Um and then these these different uh, scenes, vignettes, and I'm in one. I'm I'm in the opener, which <laughs> is a lot of pressure. And we didn't have enough mm-hmm. rehearsal, honestly. So that first weekend was a chance for us to kind of go, oh, this is what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 730. Yep. Wonderful. And we'll have a link to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had mentioned that. We'll just you know briefly go over what we yeah. talked about beforehand. Yeah. Uh, this White Night. Yeah. Anton's Well, um, a piece about, written by Chloe Moss. December the 1st, it's already open through the 17th. Yep. Uh, Shotgun Players, Black Writer. Um, I don't even have the date on here. I think it goes through the end of the month or like the last week of the month. It, yeah. It, it runs. Theater First, uh, Participants. That uh, opened up on the 3rd. Which is another one where a bunch of local writers wrote about the election. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, what is it to how? What is the response, and how do you, you know, how, yeah. beyond just having a, a personal response, what is what's our role? Yeah, participants. Yeah, what do do? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's cool. It's and um, and what just passed yesterday was Monday Night Playground at the Berkeley Rep. No, 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 not for two weeks. Oh, not for two weeks. Yeah. Okay. I wonder why I had twelve four there. I, I talked about it, but no, no, okay. it's not. It's not for two weeks. Okay, great. So good. Monday Night Playground, that'll that'll happen. Mm-hmm. So in two weeks, hold on, I've got my calendar The 18th, here. I think. The 18th. Yep. Yep. And, of course, Civil War Christmas. Yes! We had a wonderful opening night, and, uh, and uh, so we run um, Thursday, Friday. We have a double-double uh, this coming Saturday and the next coming Saturday. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we run until the 17th, 16th, I'm sorry, of December. Yeah. Did you have a wonderful time? Yes, this is super cool. I will do this anytime. This is awesome. Yeah, hey, we went an hour and a half. I mean, you know, we just the minute I hit the mic, we just boom. Well, I like to talk, so yeah. No, 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 it's fascinating. This is what it's all about. It gives us a chance to get a sense of what the landscape of Bay Area theater is. So we're always happy. Which is super cool because I didn't know half of this stuff existed. So I'm I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's a lot going on. Do my little happy dance. Nobody can see it. Right. 
So here's my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, uh, click on Store, use the search engine on the upper left-hand side, and uh, search for the Yay, and you can find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app, or just go on SoundCloud.com and search for the Yay, and you can find us. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, and we will take it from there. we got to find a better sign-off. And we are...